Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, where you can find shows like Embrace Debate and Inside the Vault, empowered by the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, welcome to this week's Cat Cave. We had a really fun show last week, and now once again with me is North Carolina's favorite indie commentary team. Michael Davis and Shannon Smith. Uh, Shannon, you got a big weekend ahead, man. This Sunday, your Niners are going for that that sixth ring. How you feeling about it, bud? Oh, I can't wait, man. This is going to be the one that's going to decide who is who and what is what. So it's the biggest game of the year, and I'm ready. And uh, Michael, I, I welcome as well. Uh, I know that you don't really have uh, a horse in the race here. You, you lost your defensive coordinator within the last week, and uh, you, you, you haven't won a, an NFC Championship game since, well, probably before you were born. So what's going on with you, man? How's everything? You know what? You have such a wonderful way with words, Ryan. Um, but I feel better knowing that, you know, at least this playoff time, we, we switched it up a little bit. We didn't lose to the San Francisco 49ers or blow that big lead in the NFC Championship game. Uh, but, hey, I'll probably feel a lot better when we're on the show next week after Patrick Mahomes has beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl yet again and won his third Super Bowl ring. Listen, I'm just I'm just going to point out that I'm rocking my Gamecock. I'm rocking my Gamecock gear tonight because while the Detroit Lions might have lost – in the NFC Championship game, my Gamecock men's basketball team uh, has been on fire as of late and finally getting the respect they deserve in the Ryan. top 25 and debuting in the top 15 of the AP poll. So, um, Ryan, I'm, I'm, there. I'm pretty proud of you. You, like, went two minutes into the show this week before mentioning your Gamecocks. That's a record for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. Um, but as, as you all know, watching the show over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, or listening on the Fans First Sports Network. This is not a show about the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, the San Francisco 49ers, or even the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is a show about the Carolina Panthers. And uh, some good news the Carolina Panthers got this week. The Carolina Panthers are going to retain 
thankfully, Ezra Ebro, the defensive coordinator, um, he was sought out, highly sought out, had some interviews for head coaching positions, including the one in Carolina, um, but he was highly sought out. The Panthers blocked numerous attempts at interviewing uh, Ezra Ebro uh, for a defensive coordinator spot because of his contract and the fact that they were lateral moves. Uh, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars were blocked. Apparently there were some, some mutual interest between Evero and the Green Bay Packers. Shannon, let's go to you. How do you how do you feel about this news that Ezra Evero is coming back next season and uh and is gonna lead this defense that that we're gonna talk about here uh, later on in the show? I'm very very excited for Ezra Evero to be back with the Carolina Panthers. It was the best move. And Evero brings a lot to that defense. They are very, very behind him. That You can tell that defense love playing for him. But I think you got to credit Dave Canales for this because my man's been talking. Like, he has been talking up a great game to the fans, to everybody around him. And he's got people hyped up. So I think uh, Ezra Evero thought that this would be the best move for him. And plus, I'm pretty sure the Panthers organization had a lot to say to him and was trying to get him to come on back because it, it was the smart move. Um, this this was the best move. And I think it was the best news since Dave Canales and Dan Morgan coming in. This is probably the best of the moves right here. Uh, Michael, I, I, I want I want your thoughts too. Uh, it, it's it's funny you mentioned the players were behind Ezra Ibero. Brian Burns, after the season was over, told told Panthers brass, "Do not touch this defense. This defense is exactly where it needs to be." Give us your thoughts on on the re- retainment of Ezra Ibero, um, and the fact that as of right now, it seems like most of the assistants are going to stack uh, stay intact with this defense. Well, you mentioned Brian Burns. It feels like this retention of Evero is in direct impact of trying to keep Brian Burns from walking in the offseason because everybody was like, well, when you had the chance, why didn't you trade Brian Burns? Because now he could walk freely. Uh, And why wouldn't he? Because of the culture that's been surrounded the Carolina Panthers in terms of they're not winning games. Uh, does Brian Burns want a huge contract somewhere else he can actually win games? Uh, but if Brian Burns likes his defensive coordinator and he's like, don't touch this defense, and that he's in the direction of the Panthers, it's really good. Uh, you mentioned this isn't a Cowboys or 49ers or a Lions podcast, and I think it's really cool because like we bring an unbiased approach. But I am very biased when I think of you know the Cowboys just lost Dan Quinn uh, they also lost Dan Quinn's like runner-up or assistant, so to speak, and Joe Witt. Both of them are in Washington. So when there were there's a defensive coordinator's position open in the NFL, teams obviously were looking at Evero. Uh, and why wouldn't you with the work that he did on that Carolina Panthers defense? Um, now if Canales can just get the offense right and get Bryce Young to cook just like Baker Mayfield did last year, Geno Smith did a couple years ago. Uh, they, they they have something positive to build on. So uh, good job for Carolina. This is a win getting to keep Evero and being able to work with that uh, new head coach. Yeah, listen, I, I'm a little concerned with the fact that the Panthers would not allow 
Evero to interview only because uh, wow. when it comes time, listen, when it comes time for, for contract negotiation, this might be Evero's out. Like, you know what? He didn't want me going anywhere when I, maybe he didn't want to be here despite being really good at his job. And so it's going to, to be kind of a, I don't know, one of the, one of the negatives, like me, you know, he wasn't given the opportunity to see if he can go get a pay raise somewhere else and break his contract with Carolina. Um, at some point, you would have to believe that Ezra Ivaro is going to be up for a head coaching vacancy. I mean, you got to think of some of the guys that didn't get jo- didn't get jobs in this uh, coaching uh, roundtree. Uh, Bill Belichick sits without a job. I believe uh, what I want to say, Gary Kubiak. I never can remember the coach's name for the Tennessee Titans. Mike that, Vrabel. Didn't get Mike Vrabel did not get another head coaching job there. You know, you had Arthur Smith who took a defensive Mike coordinator Vrabel. job. Yeah, Mike Brable. Uh, and, and Mike and, and Arthur Smith took the defensive coordinator job uh elsewhere because nobody wanted him as another head coach. He's now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's 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 there's a lot of coaches out there. And the I'm trying to think of how how I want to put this. The the coaching tree, the 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 number of coaches has now made the market competitive. And so other guys, despite being like a good old boys club and you know, the guy that failed here is going to get another another opportunity over there. The guy failed as a head coach, but he's going to be another coordinator over here again. Um, Ivaro didn't really fail as a defense coordinator. The Carolina Panthers organization failed in 2023. So I'm with you guys. I think the most important thing to do for this defense was to keep Ezra Ivaro uh, and, and keep him on next year with the new coaching staff. And speaking of, Ezro's Evero's defense. Michael looked like you had something to say before we move on here. Yeah, before I before we uh move on and evaluate this defense finally after a couple weeks of like big news around the uh Carolina Panthers organization, like um one of the names you mentioned was Mike Brable. I heard like the wildest thing uh while watching some sports news and media that Mike Brable didn't get a coaching job because of his size, that he was too big to be a head coach. And somebody heard that from uh, an NFL exec. And I'm like, are you joking? Like, and so with Vrabel not getting that job, I'm like, okay, it can't be from like his stature and like people being intimidated by him. But maybe it like kind of goes back to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers hired Frank Reich after Reich had just got done in Indianapolis and that was a failure. Like, he got hired by the Panthers, and now the Panthers fans were like, we don't want a head coach that just got fired. We don't want, like, a guy like Brandon Staley. We don't want any of those guys. We want a new head coach. So I'm like, is that is that Rabel failing in Tennessee or getting fired? Did that, like, reject teams from, like, hey, I, I don't want to take another head coach that, you know, failed elsewhere? Or even Bill Belichick, for that matter. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts? Anything? Anything you want? You want to touch on there? Because Mike makes a couple good points. Hey, now, first of all, that whole thing—I read that too, uh, Mike, about teams not wanting Mike Vrabel because he was a big guy. He was very intimidating. First of all, that's just dumb. I mean, in my opinion, that's just—that <laughs> sounds like an excuse to me. I think that's an excuse. I mean, but. You bring up a very good point. They didn't want a coach that was uh, depleted or fired 
And I get it, you know, I, I really do because Mike Vrabel had um had success as a player under Bill Belichick and he's became a coach and he's not really had a lot of success, you know, with Tennessee. And I can understand that. I think the Panthers made the right decision by going with Dave Canales, who was a coordinator, and you know, the way that he's groomed quarterbacks because why would you not want somebody who groomed quarterbacks and you've got a rookie playing in his second year and, you know, he didn't have that great of a rookie year. Like Ryan has said, these past few weeks during the regular season, the confidence being a big factor in a young guy like Bryce Young, you don't want to lose that confidence in him because he pointed out Zach Wilson he pointed out, you know, even possibly Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, co-signed the hire of Dave Canales for the Carolina Panthers, had nothing but great things to say about him. So with the season that Baker had this year, you know, who knows? He could fall on his face next year. Who knows? But He's a free agent, too. The, right. On top. Yes, exactly. That's that's another thing. And so. With him saying that, that says a lot. So Dave Canales has got nothing but cosigns. He's got nothing but praise. He's talking mad, mad game right now on like on the when he's having interviews, Twitter, X, all that. They're getting behind this dude. Once again, I didn't see this fanfare with Frank Reich. I didn't see this fanfare this summer. I saw fanfare around some of his guys that he had, but I didn't see fanfare in him. But I'm seeing fanfare in Dave Canales. They're loving his dude right now. So if he can transfer that into wins and good play this year, good. Yeah, listen, it's it's what Dave Canales said. This is something that he wanted to do. He wanted he wanted Evero to come back. Um, again, when you get a co-sign on a guy like Brian Burns uh, right. from this defense saying that, you know, you don't want this guy to go, um, especially a defense that that outperformed the offense week in and week out. Um, you talk about Baker Mayfield co-signing the, the higher of the offensive, you know, the offensive coaches so far. Um, it's, it's interesting to think the fact that the Carolina Panthers lost nine to nothing in week 18 against the NFC South winning Buccaneers, but they they held the Bucks to nine points and no touchdowns. Uh, mm -hmm. Speaking of which, there's a, a lot of defensive stats that you'd be surprised about when you talk about the Carolina Panthers from 2023. Now, granted, they were they were bad. I mean, bad in some spots, but they were fourth in total yards per game, third in passing yards per game, allowing under 200 yards passing per game on defense. Michael, let's start with you here. Uh, what were your, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? We, we talked about this week in and week out after every game that it's, it was never the defense. It was ne it was always the offense, not being able to put it together. Um, what was, I mean, what would you say your biggest takeaway is? Because dis despite some of those really gaudy big numbers, I mean, they they also were were bottom of the league in some in some categories. Uh, Mike, what's your what's your like overall reaction of the performance of the defense back in twenty twenty three? Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And if you're watching on the Tobacco Road Sports Raiders YouTube channel, you see that Ryan, you know, went in and, you know, shared the uh, defensive statistics and where they ranked among the league 
Um, or you could be listening to the audio on the Fans First Sports Network. Um, but there's reasons as to why some of these numbers are lower for the Carolina Panthers. So, like, they weren't as high in interception rate. Well, when your two cor- starting corners are always hurt and Jackson Horn, yeah, you're not going to take the ball away as many times because now you're attacking your third, fourth, fifth string. Uh, 29 points per game. Okay, you're, if your offense isn't staying on the field or generating points, you're given more opportunities to the defense. So the fact that you know they had yards per game, which was fourth in the NFL, is pretty impressive. Um, 23rd in rushing yards per game, if teams are having a larger lead, then they are going to uh, run the ball more on you instead of passing and trying to like put up points. And then sacks being 32nd in sacks, if your only threat on the defensive line is Brian Burns, and again, if teams are playing with a lead, they're not going to be passing the ball as much. So you can double-team Brian Burns, uh, pretty much neutralize him, and run the football away from him. Uh, you're, you're going to rank a little lower in those stats, but the fact that you could hold them to fourth total yards per game, that's the big stat where it's like, okay – this can't be explained away. Um, maybe shorter fields. Maybe you could hit on, okay, they had shorter fields to work with because they were putting pretty early on. Um, that's the only thing I could see. Uh, but if you're looking for a bright spot, if you're looking for a foundation, it's the defense. Um, Evero was a big part of that and not letting the noise of changing head coaches midseason, not letting the noise of David Tepper. None, none of that stopped Evero from doing his job and the Panthers keeping Carolina in some of these games. Now it wasn't always the case, but I mean, they, they were in a lot of the games uh, when it came into halftime. Uh, Shannon to Michael's point, he mentioned 293 yards, uh, just right under 294 yards a game allowing on defense, um, giving up 122 on the ground. Uh, but when your leading sacker only has eight sacks and Brian Burns, uh, your your defensive back leading the team with interceptions with two. Uh, Xavier Woods, deep. by the way. Yeah, Xavier, Xavier Woods. Woods. Not new that, day? It's not a new day. It's not that Xavier Woods. Uh, but Frankie Lubu led the team in tackles with 125. <laughs> um, Shannon, g- give us your thoughts on the, on the individual performances from this defense. Michael mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, the two of their starting corners missed most of the year. Um, do you think that contributes to the fact that we were 27th in interceptions in the league, bottom half of the league in, in rushing yards per game? Um, give us your thoughts on some of the individuals that, that stood out to you on this defense that that one kind of struggled when it came to came to some of the statistics, but those some that it might have excelled uh, for this defense that that helped lead the way to having this relatively decent defense throughout the season. Now you got to give credit to Frankie Louvu, who did very well this year. Um, considering the fact that he had to take some of the load because Shaq Thompson was hurt again, mm-hmm. you know, and that sucks because, you know, Shaq, he, he can play. Shaq can play very good. But he played very well this year. Shaq Thompson played well. I mean, he was injured during that time, and that that wasn't good. But Derek Derek Brown showed up this year. 
Frankie Louvu had very good years, had a very good year this year leading the team in tackles. But the injuries were the Panthers had the trouble that they had. And, and, and when you have injuries in that defensive backfield, it's not good. Your purse, but you got to have that next man up mentality. You you have to have that, and that's one of the things that Carolina lacked this year. Injuries are going to be a part of the game because it is a contact sport. It is football. We know how this goes. But at the end of the day, it's next man up. But with all that they've had this year, injury wise, the fact that the offense wasn't putting points on the board when they needed it to, and you're fourth in the NFL in total yards. You know, get the guys that are healthy back on the field. Basically, the thing, and Carolina done that. Can't fault. Them. Yeah, listen. Can't fault them. I, I uh, as a, as a, a fan of the Carolina Panthers, but also as a fan of the Detroit Lions, one of the one of the things that we saw as a, as Lions fans was a lack of a pass rush until late in the season, because you've only got one guy in Aiden Hutchinson that you had to worry about. Whereas a team like the San Francisco 49ers has four guys up front, two to three guys in, in, in linebacking core, and then three or four guys sitting the bench that can come in that all know how to pass, uh, how to rush the passer. Um, and, and when you look at, at you look at this team, 32nd in the NFL, dead last in the NFL in sacks. They had 27 sacks all season long because they were able to double team and keep Ryan Burns from getting in the backfield, despite him leading the team with eight sacks. Um, it's, it's one of those things that you have to, you have to concern yourself with despite some of the great statistic numbers. Um, it, you, you've got to increase, improve the pass rush going into next season. Uh, when it comes to interceptions, you're going to have to get cornerbacks. You're going to get defensive backs that are, are going to be able to stay on the field. And then p- potentially, uh, some defensive backs and maybe some other linebackers that are are more apt, uh, more apt, I should say, uh, to be able to drop back in pass coverage and have that um, mental capability of knowing when that pass is coming. I, again, I think back to the, the the Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff game when Derek Barnes, um, I believe that was his name, I could have that wrong, a uh, drop back into coverage and Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield didn't see it and threw it right to him to end that game for. The, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Detroit Lions. So you're going to have to get some guys like that on this defense if you want to take that next step. Because you could always talk about the fact that, yeah, they held they, – they, they were number four in the league in, in, point, in, in, in yards per game. But to Michael's point, how many times did, the, were, did these games – how many times in this game did they have a short field? Because if you look at, at the points per game, uh, I believe they were they – were, um, uh, and now I can't think about it. Uh, now, now I can't see it when I'm looking across. 29th, they were they were fourth. Was that fourth worst in points uh, points per game? Only 25, almost 25 points per game. So there there's some improvements that can be made on this defense, despite the fact that the only reason the Panthers were in some of their games this season was because of the defense. Which brings me to my next question. And Mike, I'm gonna open it up to you first. What should the priorities be in this offseason? Um, I, I know the the big the big priority that everybody's going to say is you need to find a way, way to re-sign Brian Burns. But, uh, you know, the question's posed. Is there anybody in free agency that's going to be available that you think the Panthers might ought to go after? Considering last the last time we talked about individual players, we talked about all the stud 
running backs that were available in free agency, the wide receivers that were in, in, available in free agency on the offensive side of the ball. Um, is there anybody in free agency we need to go after? Is there anybody that you think in the draft that might fall to us in the second round uh, worth going? Is there anybody that you think that maybe the Panthers need to go ahead and say goodbye to and move on from? Uh, Mike, start with you. Thoughts on all eight of the questions I just threw at you at one time? I think I counted nine. Okay. Um, but it it, sh- it should right. go it should go to, to point that I was paying more attention to the number of questions than Ryan's actual questions. Um, awesome, but awesome, I, great podcasting, bud. That's exactly hey. that's exactly what we want to hear. Exactly <laughs> what we want to hear. Listen to the content. Nice. All right. Uh, so I'm uh, definitely when, just when you think you know you have all the answers, I change the questions. I'm going to write Piper this thing. Um, a game is won or lost in the trenches. Uh, so the main focus for the entire Panthers organization should be offensive line. Okay. And then when you look at the defense and you see you were 32nd in sacks and your leading sack leader may or may not be on your squad this year, depend on if he wants to return or not. Uh, yeah, you should go after defensive linemen. Um, guys who are going to rush the passer and put pressure on Baker Mayfield, who had a resurgence in Tampa, put pressure on Derek Carr if the Saints stay with Carr, uh, put pressure on whoever the Falcons take, uh, likely a first-round quarterback draft prospect. You need to shore up that defensive line. And I've been a huge advocate for trading away J.C. Horn to get whatever you can get, and I feel like his value continues to decrease but at this point i mean a you may not get a lot for him and b you don't have a lot of depth at corner it's really really thin right now um so even jc horns six or eight games he can play a year might be the best you got right now um but you're going to alleviate the pressure on that secondary if you get after the passer and you shorten their time in the pocket like, it all starts up front. So, Evero's priorities in the offseason, uh, he's probably not going to get a lot of money allocated to the defense uh, outside of re-sign Brian Burns. But, dude, go pick up a fourth or fifth round pass rusher from, you know, one of these, like, Eastern Michigan schools that, like, just get overlooked. Or go sign a guy for one or two years for, like, two th- a former Cowboy defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong, is on the free agent market. Uh, I don't expect him to return to Dallas. Could he be uh, in Carolina? But, again, you're you're going to have to put guys around Brian Burns if he comes back to where Burns isn't getting double teamed and he's your leading sack leader with eight, eight sacks, not even double digits. Come on, man. Shannon, same question. I mean, it, you know – Listen, both of you guys keep talking about the, the, the games that won in the trenches. But, you know, we, we obviously I think it's it's pretty much understood that we, we need to find some pass rushers that can put pressure on the on the quarterbacks within the division. Um, do you think there's anybody that the Panthers might need to try to move on from this this offseason to to maybe make room for some, some better players to, to in, increase some productivity from this defense where it lacked uh, last season? Now, to echo uh, MD over here, I really believe that they have to get after the quarterback. They got to get there. They have to 
make plays getting to the quarterback, getting to – but you have to have guys who can cover. And there were four players that Dave Canales that uh, on the one of the websites on the Panther website that they talked about that Dave Canales might want to reconsider about letting go of. And one of those players was actually Sam Franklin, who was in the defensive backfield this year. And he was the second round guy. And yeah, I believe he's the second round guy. And they're saying that Sam Franklin, they need more dogs on the defense is what Dan Morgan was talking about, what Dave Canales was talking about. So once again, I think you got to go after guys who can cover because you've got some guys on uh, in the NFC South. You know, of course, Mike Evans, we don't know if he's going to come back to Tampa Bay or not with these coaches leaving with Baker Mayfield, probably not coming back. But Mike Evans is going to be Mike Evans everywhere he goes. He's one of those players who's going to play some good football. So it's all about getting guys who can cover. It's great getting after the quarterback. Of course, it's hard to complete a pass when your quarterback's on his back. But yet and still, if he's getting the ball up in the air and you got guys out there who can't cover anybody, it's going to be a little bit tough. So I would say that if that's the, if the first option, of course, is getting to the quarterback. The second option is getting guys who can cover. And, and that's basically what the Panthers really need right now. I'm not going to disagree with you whatsoever. Obviously, the, the two categories that we struggled at the most are pass rush and uh, getting turnovers on, on on defense. And so I'm with you both, both of you guys. We, we need to get some after some pass rushers. We need to look at some, into some defensive backs uh, to really get after it. Before we sign off tonight, uh, we do have one final football game of the season Super Bowl 58, I believe, is what LV3 stands for. Super Bowl 58, your San Francisco 49ers, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Kansas City Chiefs at this moment. Let's predict the game. Uh, Shannon, let's start with you since you're the one with the dog in the fight. Niners at Chiefs out in Las Vegas. Who wins Super Bowl 58? Now, before I say my pick, I will say this. I've been saying this for a while. Playoff Mahomes is an absolute animal, and he has proved that he is an animal in the playoffs. He's proved it over the years, and he's proven it in this playoff here. With that being said, this whole squad, my 49ers squad, has fought through some stuff in this playoffs here. They fought hard. And I'm going to go by it. I'm going to say it. Leave that man Brock Purdy alone. He's going to get us that sixth Super Bowl. But it's going to be by seven, and it's going to be the the Chiefs run out of gas. They're going to run out of gas. It's going to be a hard game, hard fall game. It's going to be down who's going to make who's going to make hits. This game ain't going to be ran away with. But – Seven points, bang, bang, Niner game. Shannon takes the Niners by seven. Uh, Michael Davis, what say you? Super Bowl 58, Niners and Chiefs. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs are a dynasty. People are starting to hate on them like they hated on the Patriots just because they're winning. But Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He's the best quarterback in the league. They have perhaps the best coach in the league with Andy Reid. 
uh, you're not going to bet against those. The 49ers looked like they were about to run out of magic against the Detroit Lions in the NFC title game. Came back, but come on. This is Kansas City. This is a Super Bowl. We were here a few years ago, and Shannon didn't learn his lesson then. Come on. Like, Patrick Mahomes gets another Super Bowl MVP under his belt. Uh, I think it's going to be a 16-point victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yeah, uh, you can uh, have with that it, as you will. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say this once, and I'm, I'm going to say this once. I said it at the end of last season. Had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt in the NFC Championship game, the Niners would be playing in their second consecutive Super Bowl. That being said, I, to Mike's point, I don't think people are hating on the Kansas City Chiefs uh, because they are turning into what the Patriots were of the 2000s. People are people are disliking the Kansas City Chiefs because they're tired of seeing a pop singer, a country singer, a, a whatever singer on the field with her boyfriend that um, that has become the the talk of, of social media and the talk of news outlets and, and ESPN <laughs> and the sports outlets. People don't dislike the Kansas City Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes, unless you are in the AFC West. People don't like uh, people don't dislike the Kansas City Chiefs because they don't like Travis Kelsey. He's a likable guy. Most of the team, Andy Reid, is a likable guy. The 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 uh, the Homes and Auto, the the State Farm commercials are phenomenal. People, they are, the Kansas City Chiefs are filled with likable guys. However, once again. Had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt in the NFC Championship game in 2023, they more than likely would have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. And we don't know what could have happened in the Super Bowl in Brock Purdy's rookie year as Mr. Irrelevant turns starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. However, and, 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 and to that point, the Niners had to, had to make a miraculous comeback, a 17-point deficit in the NFC Championship game to win that game against the Lions. And they did, and they did it convincingly. Um you know, where my alliance lies now, now that my team is out of the playoffs, goes to where the guys that played college at the school that I went to uh, play in the NFL. Uh, and the 49ers have two of those guys, and that's Javon Kinlaw and Debo Samuel. I'm going Niners by seven. And uh, and just so that I don't have to watch Taylor Swift come on the field after the game and get proposed to by, by Travis Kelsey. Um, folks, we are over time tonight. If you want to check us out on social media, you can find Michael Davis on Instagram at out of pocket underscore TRSR and at drop the mic wrestling uh, for Shannon Smith. You can go on Twitter or X at podcast underscore Smitty. And I am on Twitter or X at tap outs and TDs and go to facebook.com slash tap outs and touchdowns to catch all of the wrestling and football talk that PJ Steven and I, along with Baker Bill and I do for football and wrestling. Make sure you go and follow the cat caves, new social media handles on Instagram and X at the cat cave underscore FFSN and at facebook.com slash the cat cave FFSN, no underscore for the Facebook. But until then, you may now exit the cat cave, but make sure you listen to more content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina themed podcasts on the Key Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, for Michael Davis, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right here. Back inside the cat cave.